and welcome to Die Hard on the Podcast, episode 54. 54. Uh, AKA episode 666, right? Episode 666 <laughs> for the devil that playing Dungeons and Dragons will get you. Mazes and monsters, you mean? But yeah. Sorry, playing mazes, playing mazes and <laughs> monsters. You know, first off, this I'm just gonna start this out really kind of on a on a sad note because this movie, yes. this movie really kind of hit me pretty hard because uh, a friend of mine killed himself when he was 19. A, a mutual friend of mine, you know, Patrick's brother did, and at the yeah. at the funeral, some preacher mm-hmm. started telling me and. I don't know if it was Ryan or Bill, me, me and one of his friends about how yeah. Paul killed himself because he played Dungeons and Dragons and was <laughs> by the devil. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I miss, I missed that part. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I was really tempted that day to punch a preacher in the face. I really was. I was like, I'm gonna punch this preacher right in the face. Uh, I did not, but, <laughs> it's um, like, but you know what? The military fucked that dude up, my man. Yeah. Like <laughs> the fucking American. I would say the Marines were going to be a little bit more responsible for the that than the Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, the the and monsters like it's just like can we just say it's terrible and move on? Or <laughs> it's terrible and long. Yes, yes, it is. And, I mean, terrible, and, move, and just move on. That's, like, that's all we have to say about it. Well, there's a couple things. There's a couple things that I want to say about it. Um, and okay. one is, one is that you know, kids today are never going to know the freaking suffering that we went through with the after-school, like made-for-TV PSA movie. Uh, you, you know, because we had all we were bombarded with that all the time about the dude who like did drugs and like freaked out and killed his family and himself and um you know mazes and monsters where this dude freaking you know plays Dungeons and Dragons and gets too wrapped up in it and ends up freaking stabbing a <coughs> New York street greaser. That's that's my my favorite part where Tom Hanks is wandering New York City with like the saxophone playing like really loudly. Yeah. And he just like looks like he's like just like he's like dazed. Yeah, the dirty, like the the dirty city where he's all whacked out, thinking he's on a freaking quest for his dungeon. Um, <laughs> but you you know what I mean? I mean, like I I hadn't and it's something I hadn't even thought about since I was a teenager, and they used to make us watch that shit. I thought you know kids don't have to to watch this stupid bullshit like we did. And I mean, a lot of it was fun because like mazes and monsters, it was so ridiculous. Although. Unfortunately, with Maze and Monsters, it wasn't so ridiculous that it was... I mean, it did have some fun parts in it, though, man. Uh, like, you remember how we used to go together? Like, nobody goes together anymore, you know? Like, he'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going together with you anymore. I'm going to go together with Dave. It's <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, 1984. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, old, like old-fashioned, like, just like, yeah, go hang out and go, go together, yeah. yeah you know, you'd, you'd like write the girl in your math class a note that said like, "Do you want to go with me?" You know, and that was like that was like the hay with two wise. That was like the "Do you want to fuck?" of nineteen eighty three. Basically, I mean, this. I mean, it's one of things where it's like I think you said that somebody said it was so bad, it's good, but it was just it's just like a it's a bad movie and like. Yeah, yeah. I I had trouble finding I had trouble uh trouble finding it like on par with like skyscraper or plan nine from outer space or you know something like that it was just 
I mean, it was, like, granted, it was good in the freaking Reefer Madness sense. Because Reefer Madness is yeah. the same kind of thing. Although, like, I had trouble watching Reefer Madness more than one time. I could barely watch it the first time. Because it was, even though it was really terrible, it was also pretty boring. Yeah, you get, like, the first 15, 20 minutes, you're like, all right, this is fun. Then, like, after you still have, like, 45 minutes more to go, you're like, oh, my God. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> And the freaking uh -huh. YouTube! Wow, watching the movies on the YouTube's kids don't do it. Just, just don't. It's not. I, 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 I mean, I watched it on Prime, but it looked just as bad. I think because it was just like it was just like standard. And it was it looked like it was taped off TV and then just uploaded onto. onto yeah, there. the YouTube version looked like somebody had it on TV and they like held their cell phone up to it yeah. for the whole entire movie, then uploaded it to YouTube. And, which, like, is, okay. which, which is which, which is which is dedication because that movie, God, yeah, that's dedication to right. up that and, movie. You know, the whole time I'm watching it, it's like I said I'd watch it for the podcast. I'm not gonna freaking turn it off and play video games. <laughs> no. I told him I'd watch it for the podcast. It was my suggestion. And, uh, a fan, <laughs> a fan to... wanted to, a fan wanted us to watch it. Uh, I think to be to be honest, I think I'm pretty sure I turned it on, watched like a good. 20 minutes of it then fell asleep and then woke up and just kept watching and then kind of like did some other stuff and then just and would check were, in on the movie every now and then yeah and you were probably okay most yeah. likely you were okay because as long as you saw him well now so did you catch the part where the reason he was like all fucked and whacked out and couldn't tell reality was because his brother ran away and never came back i mean yeah i mean yeah but like i I didn't understand how bad, like, when he was playing the game, that flipped him. Yeah, well, and... Cause it, it, was like, it was, like, a weird thing in the game. Like, all of a sudden, like, they're in this cave playing the D&D &D game, like, real-life type thing, because this guy has set up this weird cave uh, game or whatever, which is ridiculous. Right. And, like, th like something like, like he saw something, right? He saw his brother, is that right? Right. Well, and Like as, a flash of his brother? Uh, yes, and as ridiculous as that sounds... That movie is actually very loosely based on a true story. Uh, mm. in, the, in the late 70s, there was a computer nerd, and he was going to school at like MIT or something like that, and he mm. was in a Dungeons & Dragons group, and he'd suggested to the... Now, he never actually did it, I don't think, but he'd like suggested the um, to the Dungeons & Dragons group that they start playing <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons in the caves and make it more real. And then later, mm. like maybe a couple months later, he killed himself in those caves. And when uh, the media found out, they blew it up to this kid was freaking having a real life Dungeons and Dragons adventure uh, and ended up getting so into it that he killed himself in the in the caves. Uh, but that mm. wasn't actually the truth. Like it was debunked. Like when they dug a little bit deeper, it was like, no, yeah. he played D and D and he suggested to his friends that they play in the caves, but he also <laughs> suffered from like really, really severe depression and decided to kill yeah. himself in the caves. Yeah. I mean, a few times I've played D and D I've never been a big D and D fan. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't knock it. I just right. never been my thing. Right. But the few times I've played, I've never been like, like even like close to being like that engrossed into anything. <laughs> like no. honestly, like because there's so much, there's so much like paper and like thinking and like dice and this like thing. I was just like, I can't. I couldn't even like make up it. Like it's like I'm just trying to keep track of what the fuck I am and like what I'm supposed to be able to do and yeah, shit. Yeah, so. and there's there's a, a bazillion rules to it. Now I I did in in high school and even <laughs> after high school I played. 
D&D pretty actively, first with like Ryan and Paul and then yeah. um like me and Lauren when I lived with Lauren, we we would have a we had a whole like, you know, D&D group and I got into it. But uh even then, I still never really thought like, hey, I'm going to freaking make this real and kill a freaking street thug in New York City. <laughs> Find my brother. Um, there was the one street, part... street thug slash like giant lizard yeah. person, which was, which yeah. was like I, I, I appreciate that fact because it was like at least gave me something. Like, like I mean, like and the more I think about it, there were some great parts in it. Like, did you did you see the part where the kid's like thinking to himself about how if he kills himself in the caves, then he'll be a legend on campus and it'll make him immortal. <laughs> i don't like, think i missed that part yeah that was awesome like the one kid's like in his head like running this eternal monologue he's like you know if i set this all up and then killed myself in the cave no one would ever forget me on this campus i would be a legend it would make me immortal and i'm like okay here's the trick you can't make yourself <laughs> immortal by killing yourself that's like the definition of being mortal is that you die <laughs> you die <laughs> like, i'm like wait a minute hold on if you're immortal that means you do not die therefore if you were to kill yourself nothing would happen uh, but is, is is it the guy the guy who kept switching hats mm mm-hmm. mhm but then, like, stop, like, midway through, like, for no reason, right? Yeah, the autistic kid. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, he kept switching was... hats, and then the next thing you know, he's just, like, he's just, like, normal. I'm like, what's, where's all the hats? That's your gimmick. Like, what happened to your hats? Yeah, no, back back then, I mean, they did know about autism. It wasn't quite as public a thing as it is back then, but that kid was definitely autistic, and he definitely was... switched hats. And I kept waiting for him to put on, like, a cool hat, like, a fedora <laughs> yeah. or something, and, like... No, I'm like, ah, oh, man. And then, they, like, his 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 mom would keep switching his room. And one time it was like a hospital room, and then like when he came home, the last time it was like a Casablanca room, which yeah. is like, what the fuck? Right. Well, and you know, and you could see that you could see doing something like that would cause somebody to start really disassociating with reality, where you know their their little thing is different every time they come home because their mom's a fucking wacko. Uh, but he wasn't. He wasn't even the one who had the problem, though. No, <laughs> like that no. wasn't even Tom he Hanks. Was, he was the, the, the freaking the kid with Aspergers, whose mom was freaking crazy and whacked out his room every time, and and thought that killing himself would be make the way to make himself immortal. That was the adjusted kid. That was like the one who was <laughs> yeah. able to resist the freaking demonic influence of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Hanks was the one who was that he was like the rich kid or something, and like that was basically his backstory. And his, you know, we find out later on that his brother was died, killed himself. No, his brother ran. See? His his brother ran away and never came back, and you never really find out what happened to the brother. He just left, and yeah, I mean that was like, and that's the guy who like flipped out for some reason. And yeah, like, because his brother left, and I guess he thought maybe if he was a good enough cleric that he would you know save his brother or something i'm not and okay there's another little tear in reality is he has this hallucination and like his god that he's a priest of comes and tells him that you know he has to be chased to be a good priest so he totally breaks up with this smoking hot 80s girl and like i don't know i don't know about you but there's no like 19 20 year old male a lot you know god if when i was 19 or 20 years old and god himself came down set a bush on fire and said don't have sex anymore i'd say go fuck yourself god you can, <laughs> you can suck my dick right now <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like what this is. It's like if you if you choose between D and D and a girl, most of the time you're gonna pick the girl. Yeah, like, really like, like, you know, and what's even better is it's a it's a girl who is gonna play D and D with you. So it's not even like you got to choose between playing D and D and like hooking up with the girl. All he had to do was choose whether he wanted to be a fucking asshole priest or not. Like it wasn't even he had to give up something <laughs> he really loved. Well, that's the thing too. That's another thing. It was nineteen eighty. Was 1985? Was that the movie? And then the year was made? No, earlier. I think 1983. Earlier. Yeah. Even so, these people, I, I I don't want to generalize, but the people I know that played D&D did not look like these people, right? No, not at all. These people were very attractive people. No offense to anybody who plays D&D. And nowadays, all kinds of like attractive people play D&D because they think it's cool and this and that. But, right. but back in the day, it was not cool. A lot of people who play D and yeah. did not look like Tom Hanks we were, or this, we were or, this, or, this or this, yeah, or this lady or these like this blonde-haired, like tall dude, and like this, even the, the 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 guy on the spectrum, he was like not that, no. like he was fine-looking too. Like, sure. like these people like play D and D, but they were like the most attractive people in college. Like, nah, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. No, and that, and, and especially back then, it was. Very, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very fringe, you know. I mean, and that's something that is kind of cool to look at over the last 30 years because kind of geek and like misfit culture has really mm-hmm. become kind of mainstream. You know, the biggest movies in the world are comic book movies. People in the 80s who were into comic books were not the freaking kids that were going to parties, getting laid and like hanging out, being cool. Or, you know, just like video games in general were kind of underground um Japanese anime, all of that stuff is like so much more widely yeah. accepted by the quote unquote cool people than it was back then. You know, back then it was the fat kids who couldn't get the girlfriends or like the weird <laughs> autistic kid that would like get yes. drunk and quote poetry and piss himself. Like that. those were the people <laughs> who played D&D with. And so, yeah, it's like now it's like you like cosplay back then was probably scary. <laughs> but cosplay now, like when you like like go see Comic Con, it's like wow, these girls are really attractive. Yeah, these <laughs> like, girls are like super hot. <laughs> like look at how good looking all these people are. And it just yeah, it is weird. And you know, I mean, like, and that goes to say too, you know, like back back like in high school, I played D and D with my friends and stuff, but I didn't tell other mm. people that I played D and D with my friends <laughs> and stuff. You know, like it was all like all of those were my nerd friends who were like actually older than me and and not in in high school anymore but it wasn't like i went to high school on monday and said oh yeah man i went to a rager we played freaking Dungeons and dragons until one o'clock in the morning and it was awesome <laughs> you know i didn't tell nobody i didn't tell shit whereas now you can be proud of it and it's no big deal yeah you can wear your like D t-shirt to school and everybody's like oh man sweet teacher man yeah it's like yeah. no you get your ass beat with that yep. shit. yeah you got thrown you got stuffed in a fucking locker for that shit yeah, I don't know how many times like I'd, I'd be hiding comic books and I'd be I'd be reading comic books in class and have like some some asshole call me a fag because I'm reading comic books. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's like, it's like sweet, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, dickhead. Sure. And like, uh, freaking, dude, there was now the the satanic panic kind of people thinking that I was a satanist for playing D and D. That was very real. There was a couple times where family members or like i said at at paul's funeral the preacher literally told me that the reason that he had killed himself the guy he had never met you know the guy who the only reason he was even there was because it was a funeral he had never actually met this person oh but he knew exactly why because he found out that we all play dungeons and dragons okay buddy 
Um, he had a bunch of miniatures. The next thing that thing that means, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but that was not the first time that somebody had said that that you know that it was evil and a bad influence, and you know, and of course that doesn't even get thrown around at all. That whole satanic panic thing fizzled out pretty quick. Uh, but it was it was very real there for a while, and I I thought it was actually kind of funny that because we had you know it was like Dungeons and Dragons and kid like all the fucking headbangers, skis balls were big Satanists, and like we were all gonna end up joining cults and like sacrificing cats and humans to people and shit. It was awesome. <laughs> no, it's like that's just funny. That's <laughs> like the least of everybody's worries. It's like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavy metal, like metal and like. D&D. Yeah, like it seems like so innocent now compared to what society's more concerned with, but that was the 80s, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? Alright, so we have one other movie to watch that we're talking talking about too, actually. Yeah, on the other other hand, we also have Ratatouille, which I thought was great, I loved it. I mean, it it was a nice nice feel-good movie. I'm a big fan of Patton Oswalt, you know. Yeah. And I thought he did had you, a did very... you, did you... What's that? I thought that he had a very cool girlfriend, the little French girl that drove a motorcycle around. It's like, wow, now these guys know how to freaking play out a male fantasy. You know, little French, <laughs> hot little French girl driving a freaking crotch rocket, driving you around on her crotch rocket, and she can also cook like anything, nobody's business. I'm like, yeah, now this is this is playing to a demographic here. And did you know who she was voiced by? No. Janine Garofalo. Really? Which is even like better. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like... <laughs> I had I, I had no idea. Like I recognized Patton Oswald immediately, but I did not recognize Janine Garofalo. Yeah, the voices were like really good. So like when I saw that pop up, I was like, oh yeah, then, then I started listening. I was like, oh yeah, you can kind of tell, but like for most of it, you can't tell that it's her. No. Not She's at really all. good. She but... does a good job. But, yeah. I mean, and that's a good that's a mark of a good actress is you don't <laughs> actually know who it is. Yeah, I miss her. She used to be awesome back in the day. Yeah, like, whatever happened to her? I mean, it's not like she's dead. I think she still just does, like, comedy stuff, but, like, just nothing too big. Like, she's not in movies and not, like, everywhere. I don't think so. Yeah, I think she might have been on... Was she on Louis C.K. for the Louis show, maybe? (laughs) She might have been on that for, like, a a hot second, maybe. I feel like she might have been on that show. But uh, other than that, I think she just does like comedy and like, you know, just you know, your basic comedy podcasts and shit like that. Right. Huh. I might have to check out her podcast. It might be worth it. There's a ton of pod. I, I, it's funny. Like everybody and their brother has podcasts. Like case in point. But you know, <laughs> I, I'm just like you know thinking about. Hey, I wonder whatever happened to this comedian. Oh, well, he's got a podcast. They usually have about four podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to some of them. Like, wow, how do you have time to do that? Like, it's Yeah, because these guys do podcasts every day. Now, the difference between them and us is they're probably actually making money off the podcasts. Like, if I could make even half as much money as I made as my day job doing the podcast, I would do it seven days a week. Like, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's always the problem. It's like they they, they start out, like, they start the gate with, like, a a huge following and then that's basically it. That's all right. they need. They already, like, they already huh? have the brand recognition, and as long as they make it pretty interesting, which if you have some sort of brand recognition, it's also a lot easier because you know people will be willing to come and talk on your show, and you must have been interesting <laughs> in the beginning. I, I listened to Adam Carolla's podcast for a little while, and it wasn't very good. Of course, I never really thought he was all that funny. Like even when he was 
I always thought he was just kind of okay. And so, like, I listened to the podcast. I don't know, like, why, because I've listened to, like, eight or nine of them, and it's not funny. And I'm still just like, man, I'll put on Adam Carolla's podcast. <laughs> what the fuck, man? There's a ton of comedians who have them. Like, I, I've heard Mark Maron's podcast is good, and I do think he's really funny. So it's like, why don't I listen to his fucking podcast? <laughs> yeah, I never thought, like, Adam Carolla was very good with the, like, was it the man show and shit like that? Yeah. I never thought that was very funny. No, I didn't think he was all that good on the man show, and then I listened to, like, the Loveline radio show, and I never really thought yeah. it was all that funny. You know, the only reason that show was funny was because of the callers, not because of the hosts. <laughs> Basically. Did you, did you see that article I sent you about the Brad, Brad Bird? The whole, like, the uh, Aaron um, Aaron Rand comparison. No, where'd you send it? Like to? I... on Facebook. No, I just threw it through through texts. Oh, oh, let me look. <laughs> I mean, it's really like his 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 viewpoints. Right, they're always being compared as a to a Ellis shrugged and that type of stuff, and like. The article goes into kind of like saying like he doesn't. That's not really what his thing is. It's more about like people who are special should have special treatment. Is what basically the Randian right obstruct was it obstruction obstructivism or something like that. Objectivism. Something like that. Objectivism. Yeah, it's it's like, but it's like it's for wealthy people is what she's talking about. The wealthiest should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. And yeah. Brad Bird's case is basically like, he's more like artistically artistic. People should be able to kind of do whatever they want. Kind of like have the, have the creative creative freedom to do what they want. Not like murder people, but like within their creative field, they should be able to kind right. of do what they want. Yeah. I, I'm, so. see, I'm looking at the article now and I remember you texted at me and me like going, Oh yeah, I'll read that tomorrow. And <laughs> I mean, you can see that, and you can see that in Ratatouille for sure. Mm-hmm. And also about yeah, how it's like, if you, if you can't, if, if you can't do something, if you can't do something, get out of the way of people who can type of thing. Yeah, too. because and that's like I, I see your point now because you know they were rats and they like and normally oh we would exterminate them and kill them without even a thought, but since this one can cook, we'll yeah. go ahead. And... and the one human couldn't cook, but tried to, but then he eventually was like. He, I can't. I can't. Came to sell like that. He can't cook, so and he just was fine being a waiter and supporting the more creative types. Person. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, when you think about in filmmaking context, you kind of see like what he's kind of getting at. And I think he like the article t- talks about how he struggled for years to get anything done, and like <laughs> like this says in there, he was at Disney early on. But he got fired because he told he said Disney was half-assing it, <laughs> like yeah. half-assing what they were doing. So they fired him. That's great. Well, and, it should I be mean, them, they Pixar more. Guys, those Pixar guys all got the last laugh. They and Disney ended up buying them for like billions, right? Yeah, and they still get to do whatever the fuck they want. So like, yeah, Brad Bird came back, and basically that's what his this whole thing is like. He's been creatively like stifled for a lot this a long time so like whenever he makes some, something it's like usually about being creatively stifled not being you know and not doing that so like it's a constant thing in all of his movies especially the incredibles movies as well yeah yeah it's I, always being out I, I, Incredibles I always being incredibles outlawed too. is that a, did that ever come out the incredibles 2 i never saw it hmm? yeah yeah I'm i love like uh i loved the first one i really liked it 
Yeah, the second one's pretty good too. I think the second one made like made it's like the biggest sequel, like this biggest like like money making sequel ever. Nice. Something like that. Don't quote me. Five people listening. Okay. Yeah, but good enough. Close. <clears throat> it's it's a big movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it. That was and when you watch Ratatouille, it's kind of like you can see that. And I kind of like that. I kind of like the point where it's like. He says, like, not everybody is special. I kind of like those messages in Pixar. Sure. <laughs> like, not everybody is special. Not everybody can do this. I wish more people would take that advice sometimes. Right. And get out of the way of, get, get out of the way of the more, like, you know, creative people or, like, people who are, can make movies or want, you know, it's like, are creatively better at making movies than everybody else. That's my shot at everybody who's always, like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write this for myself or I'm going to do it myself. And, like, yeah. And they're terrible. <laughs> like every actor I, t- I talked with, or actor with, it's always like, oh, I'm writing the script for me to do and act and act. And I'm like, oh, you, you go for that, buddy. Like, you, you do that. Like, okay. All right, bud. You want any help with that? Okay, okay cool. That's cool. That's cool. I'm just saying, acting my own Cumberland's flooding right now. I'm in Cumberland. Oh, no. And it's flooding big time. I saw a picture of the the of the the canal. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's it was, it was way up there. Um, the whole drive to Pat's house was underwater. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Pretty great, crazy. Uh, but I feel like that happens like every every like ten years or so. That happens. I yes. feel like, and that's yeah, we get a big rain flood. Yeah. Um, I remember I slept through the one flood when I lived over on Bell Street. Uh, I was working nights, and the, they evacuated like my whole neighborhood because the river smashed over the le- levee and flowed, flooded everything. And like, I woke up and there was actual fish on my porch. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and my neighbor <laughs> came over and was like, "Where were you?" They the police came and brought everybody out, and I was like, "Ah, I must have slept through it because I woke up." <laughs> They're like, "They just let us come back in here." <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was scary. I don't know. I slept. Yeah. Usually if you're on a hill, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you were kind of on a hill. So I so. was. It was fine. I, 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 I mean, nothing happened. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so no message to no Paul. He's not going to come talk to us about the I don't Ratatouille. Know. Hey, Paul, do you want to come talk about Ratatouille on the podcast? <laughs> All right, he's coming. Yeah. Give us a quick, quick rundown. I mean, I figure he was—he was really plugging it. He was like, "Oh man, this is one of the best movies ever." I was like, "I've never seen it." He's like, "What the hell?" So, all right, hold on, I'll hand it over to Paul for a minute. Give us, give us a quick take. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Can you give me a little bit, like, of your spiel on why Ratatouille is so awesome? Oh, it's just great. A great message. <laughs> the critique is like amazing. My yes. friend's senior quote was uh anyone can cook. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's got a cult following up at uh BW, it really does. Don't you really? Yeah, it does. We walk around all day talking about ratatouille. About your favorite French dishes and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That is pretty much how it goes. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Like you is said, this your favorite Pixar? Oh, for sure. 
Ratatouille. All out, yeah. What's your what's your least favorite? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen like a bunch of them, so probably one of those. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fine then. What about what's yours? My favorite Pixar? Mm, I think Toy Story Two. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good one. I like that one a lot. So. Bugs Life though is growing up back on me. Like I've been watching that a lot lately. So Up was good. Uh, Up is really good. Coco, good. Never saw that one. Never saw Coco? No. Coco's pretty fun. Nice. It's basically like Inside Out, but like with a Mexican theme. So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> if you if you watch, you're like, oh yeah, it's like Inside Out. I like it. I'm for it. I don't know. All right. Well, All here's right. Tim back. I'll see you. Good talking right. to you. All right. See ya. Roman Reigns forever. All right. Yeah. He Paul had plugged <laughs> the old uh, plugged the old gratitude. I did not know yeah, that it was a um. Old... The cult favorites. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess hey, I, why not, man? It it was good. I feel like he might have been joshing us. Maybe he might have been <laughs> having his way with us. Awesome. So that's pretty good. Uh, I'm, although it's weird, I haven't seen. I guess I've seen most of the Pixar movies, uh, and that's kind yeah. of the nice thing about Pixar movies. They only come out like every so many years. I, I guess I haven't seen all the sequels. Like I don't think I've seen Shrek three. That's a, that's that's DreamWorks. Oh, okay, my bad. Shrek three DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pixar you got the Toy Stories and the Cars, and then Inside Out. Which is really good. Yeah. Up. Up is good. Coco is good. Yeah, I thought Up was really good. And I I love The Incredibles. Um, Yeah. What else is there, then? It's uh, the Toy Toy Story, Bugs Life. Oh, Bugs Life is good. Yeah, yeah. I watched that a lot, even though it's it's, it's so weird because it's directed by John Laster, who has issues and then like has a voice has voice work by kevin spacey which he also has issues so basically watching it the entire time trying not to think of those two creepy dudes i (laughs) mean unfortunately kevin spacey's like so pervasive in good movies that it's kind of hard to like write off his whole body of work just because he sucks like i mean okay i'm not i'm not trying to say kevin spacey doesn't suck because he apparently totally sucks Um, but he did some good stuff yeah, I mean, he, he's a bad guy, so it's like it's easy to hate him. So, sure. <laughs> you know, it turns out he was not like Kevin Spacey from The Ref. He was Kevin Spacey from um, Seven. A Bug's Life. A Bug's Life, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> or A Bug's Life, yeah. That's that's the IRL Kevin Spacey. That's the right. creepy, creepy boy toucher. <clears throat> I remember Don't. right after that, right after that story. Uh, I was reading on Reddit and there were all these crazy, like, just like, you know, unconfirmed comments on Reddit. Like, yeah, I delivered a pizza to Reddit to Kevin Spacey's house one time and he came out in his underwear and he made me take the $20 bill out of his teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just like all these stories about how freaking like, you know, I had this brief encounter with Kevin Spacey and he was like looted ridiculously creepy scary and i ran away and took a shower kind of deal <laughs> that's great mm-hmm. uh, what are you gonna do always, always comes back to spacey yeah 
Jeez. <laughs> Should be the Kevin Spacey. Right. Well, hey, let's talk about how Tom Hanks did a good job in that movie, even though it was written terrible, it was shot terribly, it was directed terribly. All the other actors were pretty shitty, but Tom Hanks actually oh. was kind of good in it. It's his scene at the end where he's trying, he's crying on the bridge is kind of hilarious. Yes. It looks like he's making like, like a big face, like he's right. kind of like on big. Right. <laughs> cry, but... right. But also, oh, he's talking about the writing. I forgot to tell you, the guy who wrote this, he taught the one screenwriting class I took out here at UCLA Extension. Really? He's the guy who wrote this. And he wrote like his, his big one was Stigmata with fucking Patricia Cat. I remember the movie. I thought that was a pretty good movie, too, actually. <laughs> Well, this, that motherfucker is the one who wrote it, and like he taught this class, and like that class was like the biggest waste of time. That's amazing. <laughs> so you've actually met the dude who wrote Mazes and Monsters. I just like that pot. You heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Trevor actually face to face like shared air with this fucking dude who wrote Mazes he and Monsters. Kind of cool. He gave me, he gave me notes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hooked, hooked you up. He kept saying more D and D. It was really weird. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic, yeah, was, if you ask me. It was, a, it was a shitty class, and like I thought it was awesome that I got into it, but then I realized that if you just pay the money, you get into it. Right, it's, like, not like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like it meant anything other than that you like had it, the money to give them. Like, the criteria was, like, you had to, like, submit a script. Right. And I thought that, that, was, that would be, like, you, they'd read the script and think it's worthy. Right. But then once you get into the class, you realize, oh... It's just because you wrote a script. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. No, like, yeah, like, to... Or had potential or not. Right. They wanted to make you feel <laughs> special, so it was easier for you to spend the money. Yeah. Then once I got that in there, I was like, this isn't, this class is terrible. And I, everybody who met in there, like, I tried to keep in touch with a couple of them, and they were just like, terrible. So I was like, ah, fuck you guys. This is crap. Yeah, kind of like back in the day, <clears> you would... Um, you, you would enter like you would enter in like a poetry contest and it would be like oh you won um we want to publish your poem in our book of poetry anthologies just pay us like a hundred dollars and we'll totally publish your poem uh and to prove a point i wrote a poem that was titled fuck you you poetry contest assholes and it was like this horrible stupid poem like you guys are a bunch of fucking scam artist cunts that deserve to die. And of course, I got the letter like, your poem's been accepted. Just pay us $100. I was like, uh, sure. Okay. That was like the one film festival we did back in the day. The one we went to, like the New York. Uh-huh. It, was, it was such a fucking scam. Right. Like me and Ryan went to it. And it was like, oh, you got to this film festival. And it's like, really just like, well, I paid a bunch of money. So obviously, I'm going to like, be in the film festival. But like, it was just like to set up like a booth right. and like in this in this bar. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, "Because we're fucking scam artists, man." That was fantastic. Hey, well, I mean, I guess if it works, I guess it works for everybody else. But <laughs> yeah, oh well, that's life of an artist, I guess. I'm getting ripped off constantly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We're at 30 minutes. Um, Do we want to watch Dungeons & Dragons for next week, or do we want to watch something else? Let's watch something else. (laughs) That might have the potential to be good, and like Die Hardy. Yeah, we haven't watched a real Die Hardy movie recently. I don't know if it's in the theaters or not. I have to check on it, but the new Batista movie... It's supposed to be like Die Hard in like a stadium, so it's supposed to be like a like a like type of thing. Huh. I'll have to, I'll have to check on and see if it's like on demand or not. 
Right. Now, I was actually just watching um, an interview with Batista where he's defending James Gunn and saying how he didn't think he was going to do Guardians 3 unless James Gunn did it. Like, the whole cast is trying to come together and saying, hey, we want this guy to do it. And, it, like, it's actually yep. been held up. Yeah, Batista's like the the, the 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 loudest advocate for James Gunn for sure. And I, I can see that because J- Batista has always like Batista as a person, not as a wrestler, has always been kind of like outspoken and not afraid to have controversial kind of kind of. Now, I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with him on the James Gunn thing, but when he was a wrestler and he would actually shoot and talk about like his wrestling career, he kind of came off like a whiny bitch. And you had to kind of impress and be impressed by that. Like, well, he is Batista and could freaking <laughs> crush me like a grape. So if he wants to be a whiny bitch, I guess he can be a whiny bitch. My favorite was when, when he came back this last time and he, I think it was for SummerSlam or something. It was, it was in LA. Oh yeah, and he came out in his blue tights, and everybody just kept kept chanting "Blue Tista." Yeah, and what? Well, and he came out. <laughs> they quit the next day. Yeah, around that time he came out in Pittsburgh. We were actually there for the uh, Royal Rumble. Um, we yeah. were all there, and he he came out, and they actually like everybody like booed him, and he was like on the Twitter the next day talking about how oh the fans don't appreciate me this and that. And it's like you're a fucking hit, you're a wrestler. We're supposed to boo you, you fucking dick, you know, like. Yeah, because he was coming out like as like as a as a face, and I was like, He's, no, you're supposed to come out here and powerbomb people and then leave. And like, have all of us hate you. We all hate you, and that that's a beautiful thing. Like that's one of the great things about going to a professional live event. It's like the one time where it's not really in poor taste, and like not even so much that it's in poor taste to boo someone or boo a performer. It's actually like encouraged, and booing them is part of the fun. You know, they're in on it. It's not like they're going out and like, oh, I gave these guys my all and they're booing me. You know, if a heel comes out and says, I gave these guys all that my all and they're not booing me, he's getting fired, you know? <laughs> Unless you're Paul's favorite wrestler, Roman Reigns, which I know he gets sad about when he gets booed. So Yeah, he <laughs> does get sad about it. And I hate the shit out of Roman Reigns, dude. I fucking... <laughs> Oh my god! Like I, <coughs> the whole shield, I like am just not a big fan of. They just seem fake. I really, I like, the, I like the, them together for sure. And I, like, I like Dean Ambrose. They came back, man. He looks fucking, he looks fucking cool. Yeah, well, and I, I Dean Ambrose is definitely my favorite out of the three, um, because and he was the CZW wrestler, which you know I gotta always give CZW some love. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't know. It's like, yeah, we're. We're like dudes that are like SWAT team guys. Like, okay, cool. I mean, I think they're messing up what they're doing with them for sure. Because it's like they're just like they they come together, but then they do other things. It's like I don't. I feel like once they're together, they should just stay together constantly. Yeah, because they they put them back together, and everybody's like, "Yay, we love these guys again!" And they split them up, and they're like, "These guys are lame." <laughs> like, come on, man! They came together just like have them go around and beat everybody's ass. That's what they do. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. So, <laughs> that's all, I don't need anything else from it. So. All right. Well, I guess let's do a little research on the Batista movie. Let me look and see if I can find it, so I can at least say it on the podcast. I mean, if it's not out though, <clears throat> I think it. I think it feels like it just came out. But I'm not sure if it's in theaters or if it's hotel. I feel Ar- like it's an on- hotel Artemis. No, there's something else. Hmm. I forget what it's called too. So, let's see, I'm looking My- it up on IMDb. It might be too too new of a movie, maybe. I'm not sure. That's a good question. 
Untitled Escape Plan 3. <laughs> no, I hope not. No. Uh, Stuber, Untitled Avengers movie, Master Z, It Man Legacy. Now, that sounds like I could watch some of that. Final <laughs> Score. Maybe? That sounds like a stadium. Oh, yeah. Stadium. oh yeah, this is a stadium movie. Um, September 14th is when it starts, when it comes out. So it's this week. It's this week. I can try and I bet you, I can try I bet you it's gonna be, the movies. I bet you it's going to be on demand, too. Yeah, it could be like straight to fucking video for sure. So wait, let's hold off and minute, see. Wait a minute. Is What's David up? T. Lynch, is that the same David Lynch? Because that, that's who's credited as the writer, is David T. Lynch, Keith Lynch, and Jonathan Prank. No, there's just somebody else. I can't be the no, same, no, no, like, no, no, Blue no. Velvet no. fucking right final no, no, no. score. I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's a David T. Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not that's not the same, but... That'd be cool, though. I'd see that. But... I would see, I would see a, a David Lynch movie with Batista in it. 100%. Yes. It would be cool. He could play Bob's Big Boy. That would be rad. Uh, that'd be awesome. I'd see that. Yeah, and that is what we should end this podcast on. Right there. All right, on that. So, on that. All right. But he says Bob's big boy. Bob's big boy, the David Lynch thriller. Um, yes. Whataburger. <laughs> all right. Peace, guys. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah.